Everybody get a lesson. Anybody need a lesson? Raise your hand if you need a lesson. They're running like the wind. There you go. Make sure. Raise your hand real high. Everybody's standing so you need to be seen. There you go. All right. How many of y'all adults will help me welcome TSM in the house? Will you help me? Yeah. Now, y'all know what I have to put up with every Wednesday night. Amen. All right, grab your Bible. Turn with me to Revelation chapter number 6. Revelation chapter number 6. Uh, we are going to study tonight the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Uh, uh, we're going to look at the, the judgment coming upon this earth. Uh, you could really title tonight's lesson, And It Begins. And It Begins. So we're going we're gonna to do this. I want to uh, read just a few verses out of chapter 6. And then we'll pray and you can sit down and then we're going to read just a few out of chapter 5 to brief you and bring you up to, up to date on what's going on. We've got several that hasn't been in this study, so it'll help them. So let's look in Revelation 6 and verse number 1. Revelation 6, 1, if you're there, say amen. amen. It says, And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard as it were the noise of thunder, one of the four be saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him. And he went forth conquering and to conquer. And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the beast say, Come and see. And I beheld, and lo, a black horse, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny, and see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was Death, and hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword and with hunger and with death and with the beast of the earth. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for a great crowd tonight. Lord, I pray that you'll honor your word. I pray that you'll bless us tonight. You know how desperately I need you. Lord, I've got a ton of information in my head, but I need to bring it out slow. And I pray that you'll help me to deliver it in such a way that we can all understand it and comprehend and glean from it. Help us to be exalted, or excuse me, exhorted tonight. Help us to be edified as we exalt you. I pray that your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. While you're seated, why don't you look on the chapter previous in chapter number five. Uh, where's Brian at? Brian, there we are. All right. Good to see you, Brian. I hadn't got to see you all day. But uh, just making sure you was in there, you wasn't out smoking or something. Amen? All right, all right. Let's look in Revelation 5. Uh, we, ended, we ended the last, the last study uh, with the, the scene in heaven. If you'll remember, Revelation uh, chapter 4 and Revelation chapter 5 is the scene in heaven right after the rapture of the church. And then Revelation 6 begins the scene on earth as it's taken place. Revelation 4 and 5 is a scene of glory. It's a scene of uh, 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 praise. It's a scene of worship. It's a scene that, that, that we're going to be able to be involved in and be a part of. Say amen right there. But it is a search that is going on in these two chapters. A search for someone who is worthy. A search that's for someone who is deserving of taking the title deed to the earth. We find the throne room scene. We find a title, a scroll, a seven-sealed scroll of a man or a person on the throne. And we know by study, I'm not going to go into all that. If you want to know that information, go back and look at the other studies and, and, and look it up on the, on the website. But, but we know it's the title deed to the earth. We know that uh, Adam was given the earth and given dominion over the earth and he lost it in the fall when he sinned and rebelled against God. Satan is now the usurper. Satan is the, the ruler of the earth, if you will, the god of this world, uh, uh, the prince of the power of the air here. And we know that he is basically uh, uh, ruling this earth, but it belongs to Christ. We know he's the kinsman redeemer. 
We know by these two chapters as we've studied that he has redeemed us unto God. He is the redeemer. He is the one worthy. He is the one with the right to take the title deed of the earth. He has bought and paid for it. Say amen. In chapter number four, we find he is worthy because he's the creator. He is worthy according to Revelation 4.11. Thou art worthy for thou hast created all things and all things were created for thy pleasure. They are and were created. Why is he deserving? Why does he have a right to take the title deed to the earth? Because he's the maker of it. John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. This earth is His by by virtue of creation. But then it's His, and He has a right by virtue of redemption. The Bible says in chapter 5, they sung a new song. What is the new song? Thou hast redeemed us unto God by thy blood out of every kindred, nation, and tongue, and people. So he comes, and this is where we're getting to tonight. We stop at verse number, we stopped at verse number 7. At verse number 7, when you're there, say amen. Amen. Of chapter 5. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us unto God by thy blood out of every kindred, tongue, and people, and nation, and hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld, now watch what happens, watch what takes place. When, when Christ the rightful owner of the earth, the rightful redeemer, the one who has the right to the title deed to the earth. When he comes and takes it and claims what's rightfully his, it says, And I beheld, and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beasts and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times, 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power, and riches, and wisdom, and strength, and honor, and glory, and blessing. And every creature, every creature, say that with me. Every creature creature which was in heaven, and on the earth, and under the earth, and such as are in the sea, and all that are in them, heard I saying, Blessing, and honor, and glory, and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four be said, and the four be said, And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. Now let's let's talk about that just a second. Why is that happening? Why why did why uh, did there uh, happen to be a spontaneous explosion of worship of worship of all that is in heaven and all the creatures that are on earth, all the creatures that God has made? If you will remember, as we studied, that when Adam fell, man was cursed, but also the earth was cursed. And we studied that the earth is groaning, waiting for its redemption, waiting for God to take it back, waiting for its restoration. And now we see it's about to happen. I mean, ever since, ever since Adam fell, there has been pain, there has been suffering, there has been a desire and a want in the heart of God's creation, not just his people, but his earth of restoration and bringing back to what it used to be and taking us out of the hands of the enemy, the devil. And now, all of a sudden, we see the Christ, the Redeemer, he's coming and he's taken the book, he's taken the deed, and he's fixing to do what's been needed to be done ever since. Since Adam fell in the garden. And now there's going to be restoration. Now there's going to be a final fulfillment of complete redemption. Remember, redemption has to have a redeemer. It has to have a price paid. But it has to take take possession of what's being redeemed. Well, there is a redeemer. That's Jesus. The price was paid. That's Calvary. And now he's finishing, fulfilling the process of redemption and taking possession of what's been redeemed. Say amen. So there's worship and there's excitement and there's joy in heaven and they are singing praises unto the Lamb because He's worthy. He's the Creator. He's worthy. He's the Redeemer. And now chapter 6. It's a totally different scene. It's a totally different scene. 
Now we see he's going to begin the process of taking back what the devil stole. Listen, here's the thing. The devil's not going to lay down and give it back. He's not just going to roll over and play dead. So there is going to be a process that takes place, a seven-year process, a tribulation period. You're all familiar with that. It's, it's Daniel's 70th week. Uh, the week represents a week of years, seven years. And, and so here we have the beginning. Really, you could say it this way, it's the beginning of the end. It's fixing to be done. And I'm ready for it. Say amen. So let's begin. Let's begin chapter 6. Now, I want you to take your Bible. I want you to take your Bible. I'm, I'm going to come back and read. I want to come back and read Revelation 6, but I want you to take, you take your Bible and go to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter number 24. You're going to find that Matthew 24 is a commentary to Revelation chapter number 6. And we're going to read just a few verses here. And, and, uh, and I've got several verses that were, that's probably not in your notes that we'll, we'll, we'll jump around to, but I'm going to go slow, Lord's willing, as best I can, if you'll pray for me. Say amen. I'm trying, guys. I promise you, I'm trying. I, I get to digging and, 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 and writing and digging and writing, and it just gets so good. And it's like the old preacher said, it gets gooder and gooder and gooder. Amen. And it's raining outside. You ain't going nowhere anyway. Amen. All right. Are y'all in Matthew 24? Say amen. Now, now let, me, let me read, and then I'm going to jump over there with y'all. Revelation 6. He says, I saw a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him. And he went forth conquering and to conquer. And he had opened the second seal, and I saw a second beast say, Come and see. And there went out a, a horse that was red, and power was given to him that, thereon to take peace from the earth. And that, what's the opposite of peace? War. All right, so you get the idea what that is. Take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. When he opened the third seal... I heard the third beast say, come and see. And I beheld and lo, a black horse, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. Black, anytime you see the, 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 the color black in, in your Bible, it's usually referencing famine. Famine. All right? And then it says, and I heard the voice in the midst of the four beasts say, a measure of wheat for a penny and three measures of barley for a penny. And see, thou hurt not the oil and the wine. And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and the name that sat on him was death, and hell followed with him. And power was given unto him over the fourth beast of the earth, to kill with a sword, and with hunger, and with death, and the beast of the earth. So let's look in, let's look in uh, uh, Matthew chapter number 24, and let's begin in verse number 1. Matthew 24 and verse number 1. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. In other words, they were proud... They were proud of their Jewish temple. Uh, they were kind of, kind of bragging or kind of pointing things out. And this is what Jesus says to them. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. What's he saying? He said, This, Jew, this Jewish temple you're so proud of, it's fixing to be flat. There's not going to be anything left of it. As a matter of fact, if you go today... There's one section, small section of a wall that's left, and, and y'all know it as the weeping wall uh, uh, that, that the Jews go to pray for. And, and here's, here's what they say. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately. And by the way, that's straight across the, the, the Kidron Valley on the eastern side. And the disciples came unto him privately saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy and of the end of the world. The word world there means age, the end of the age. Okay? When, when, are you, when is the signing? Now, now keep in mind, this is, you got to keep this in mind. You remember what I told you? Remember what I told you Sunday? That the Old Testament goes all the way to Calvary. Okay? He is still speaking in an Old Testament economy, he's speaking to Jewish people. The tribulation has to do with the Jews, not the church. I'm going to give you some more stuff that goes with that tonight. So he's primarily speaking to a Jewish group about Jewish future. 
Is everybody with me? Say amen. When are you coming? When's the end of the age? And it's in referencing, they're asking about, when are you going to come and set your kingdom up? Because he's the Messiah. He's the one. He's the promised one. And there's going to be a real kingdom. The church did not replace Israel. Replacement theology is heresy. Say amen. God still has a plan for Israel. God still has a plan for the nation. There will be an Israeli kingdom, God's kingdom here on this earth, okay? And they're saying, when's that going to be? Now, we know that's Revelation 19. We know that by study of Revelation. And they're saying, when's this going to be? Now, watch what he says. Watch what he says. Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Say that with me. Take heed that no man For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of what? Wars and rumors of what? See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places, means different places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Now, if you will take these eight verses and parallel them with the the verses we read in Revelation chapter number 6, that's your commentary. You're going to see all of these. So, with that being said, we're going to come back to that. So, just if you want to keep your finger there or put put a marker there, we'll come back to that. But let's go back back to Revelation chapter number 6 and we'll, we'll start with the first seal. And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard as it were the noise of thunder. Thunder always precludes. It always goes before. It always goes before judgment. As it were the And by the way, if you want to look at this, this thunder, this thunder, which represents judgment, it increases continually. It increases continually all the way through, all the way through this time and period of judgment here in Revelation. Now, until the lightning strikes, until the lightning, what is the lightning? The lightning is the return of Jesus Christ. When he comes back to this earth, he's going to come as a bolt of lightning. So you have the thunder increasing, rolling continuously as a crescendo, getting larger and larger and larger. Now, here we have, here we have seven seals. Now, I'm just going to give you just a little bit and then we'll jump in here, okay? The seven seals contain all of the judgments in the book of Revelation, all of them. The seven seals contain all of them because at the seventh seal, you'll find the seven trumpets come out of the seventh seal. And then at the end of the seven trumpets, the the seven vile or bold judgments come out of the seventh trumpet. So they're all in the seven seals. Okay. Now it's kind of like an eye. How many of y'all seen like a pirate got this eyepiece and and, and they extend out, but they're all inside of one another. That's kind of like what this is. They come out of each other, but they start with the seven seals. Now, as we see here in the first seal, let's look in verse number, verse number one, or excuse me, verse number two. And I saw and behold a, what kind of horse? White horse. And he that sat on him had a bow and a crown was given unto him and he went forth conquering and to conquer. Now, I believe this is a, 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 a symbolic picture a representation of the Antichrist. And I'm going, to give you, I'm going to give you several verses that go with this, but before we do that, I want you to take and flip over to Revelation 19. All right? Because this is not the only white horse rider in the book of Revelation. So if we'll flip over to Revelation 19 just for a second, let's look at, let's look at another uh, white horse rider. All right? Revelation 19. <clears throat> Revelation 19. And we'll begin in verse 11. Revelation 19 and verse 11. When you get there, say amen. Amen. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the... Now who is that? That's Jesus. We know that is the Messiah. We know that is the Lord Jesus Christ. How do you know? Because in John 1 it says, In the beginning was the Word, 
And the Word was with God and the Word was God. Amen. In verse, I think, 14 of that chapter or later on in that chapter, I believe it's 14, but it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld His glory. That is in reference to the Lord Jesus Christ. So we have a white horse rider. He is named and he is the Lord Jesus Christ. Are y'all with me? Say amen. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon a white horse, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written. Say it with me. King of kings and... Say it again. King of kings and... Say it again. Say amen. Now, that's him. That's our Lord. That's our Savior. Are y'all with me? So who is this guy? Who is this white horse rider? Because he nowhere compares to Revelation 19 white horse rider that we know is the Lord Jesus Christ. Now here's what I want you to write down in your notes. If you're taking notes, write this down. First, I want you to see the first seal, the white horse. We see his imitation. A, his imitation. This is Satan's counterfeit. This is Satan's imitation of God's white horse rider in Revelation 19. All right? Satan, you got to keep in mind, Satan has always wanted to be God. He's always wanted to be God. He's always wanted the worship of God. He's always wanted to have what God has. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Amen. And so here we find, here we find Satan's imitation of the real thing. And, and you got to understand too, ladies and gentlemen, Satan, he, he always offers a counterfeit. Satan offers a counterfeit salvation. Satan offers a counterfeit uh, 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 young people. Satan will always give you the wrong one before uh, you, you got to be patient and wait on God. When it comes with anything, when it comes with, with the decisions you make in life, because Satan is always going to try to do everything he can to get from you what only belongs to God. Now let's compare these two. Let's compare these two. Let's look in verse, uh, verse number one, verse number one of, of, or excuse me, verse number two of chapter six. And I saw and behold a white horse and he that sat on him had a bow. He had a bow. What do you not see? An arrow. Now, you, you, you're not going to do much without an arrow. Say amen. All right? Now, here's what I believe. In the, second, in the second white horse rider, he has a sword, right? The sword, the sharp two-edged sword which comes out of his mouth. But here we have a bow. We have a bow. It is, it, you, you, cannot, you cannot draw blood without an arrow. But the Bible says he goes forth conquering and to conquer. Now, what does that represent? I believe that represents... It, the way he's going to operate in the beginning. The Antichrist is going to operate with deception. Okay? He's going to operate with deception. Say that with me. He's going to operate with deception. We see here he's imitating deity. His intention is deception. His intention is deception. In other words, he's going to have a bloodless win, a bloodless battle. He's going to win and conquer by deception. He's going to be a political figure. He's going to be very brilliant. He's going to, he's going to be energized, and he's going to be powered by Satan. Now, I want, to, I want to give you just a few verses, all right? Now, now this, you want to write these down, that's fine. You can write them to the side, however you want to do this. But who is this? Who is this Antichrist? We, we're going we're gonna to read of him in, in several different portions of Scripture, Daniel, Thessalonians, and, and the Gospels. But here he's, he's called in Daniel 9.25, the prince who is to come. He's called the little horn in Daniel 7.3. And by the way, for those of you who are curious, Daniel is the Old Testament version of Revelation. Okay, Daniel is just as much of a prophetic book as Revelation is. All right, and it's a good study to go together. He's called the man of sin, the son of perdition, and that wicked in 2 Thessalonians 2, 3, and 8. And we're going we're to get there in just a minute. He's called the beast in Revelation 13, 1. And we know he has power of deception. 
So I want you to take your Bibles and turn, if you want to, if you don't, I'll just read it here. But 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2. Matter of fact, let's just turn there. Let's just turn there. Because there's some stuff I want to give you out of this that will help you tremendously. 2 Thessalonians. All right, this is an epistle. It is the second epistle or second letter to the church at Thessalonica. All right. Now let's read. Let's read in 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2. And look what, it, look what it says. Verse 1. Now we beseech ye, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him, that is the rapture, okay, all right, that ye be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled. What's, who's he writing to? Some people that are troubled. They're tore out the frame. I'm telling you, they're upset, all right? He said, don't be troubled. Neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter is from us, as that that day of Christ is at hand. Now, we got to understand what that is. So go flip over. It's only one page for me. But flip over to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. I know you're flipping a lot, but I'm going slow. And it'll make sense in just a second, okay? 1 Thessalonians 4.13. All right. What is, now this is the first letter. Remember, this is the first letter he sent to the church at Thessalonica. And what is he teaching them? In this particular portion of scripture, he's teaching them about the rapture of the church. He said, you're the church. You're the bride of Christ. You're going to be taken out. Watch what he says. But I would not, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, talking about those that have died, that ye sorrow not, even as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, and that we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the, watch this. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be, what's that word? Say it again. Caught up. That's the rapture. He said, this is going to take place. The rapture is going to take place. We're going to be caught up together to be with all of our loved ones that have gone on by death. And it says, we're going to be together with them where? In the, in the clouds. See, he doesn't make it to earth. This is not the second coming of Christ to the earth. It's the rapture. We're going to meet him in the, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Now watch this. Let's keep reading. You remember chapters and verses was given there for your study and your learning. But let's just keep reading. Watch what he says is going to happen right after we're taken out. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. What is the day of the Lord? It's that day of judgment. It's the day when Jesus is going to come and he's going to punish all the wicked. It's the day when he's going to come. Revelation 19, and the sword of his mouth. Are y'all with me? All right, now watch. For when they shall say peace and safety, we're going to come back to that. When they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child and they shall not escape. And then it, look, look what it says. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that the day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken, drunken in the night. In other words, these are going to be unbelievers who are going to be caught off guard. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. Watch this. For God hath not appointed us to... What is coming in the tribulation period? Wrath. The day of the Lord is a day of wrath. Come on, everybody. It's a day of... But what did he just say? In the chapter before, he said, you're not going to be here. You're going to be raptured out. You're going to be taken because you're not appointed under wrath. The day of the Lord will be after you're taken out. That's the first letter. 
So, man, they're encouraged. They ought to be. He said, comfort one another with these words. It's comforting to know that I'm not going to have to go through that garbage. Are y'all with me? But hold your horses. Somebody told him they missed the boat. Somebody had, somebody had counterfeited Paul's writings and said, you've missed the rapture and you are presently because of their suffering. Because they were suffering immensely. And, and they were told that you were now in the tribulation period. You were in the time of Jacob's trouble. You were in the time of the day of the Lord. And guess what? They were troubled. They were troubled. They were tore up. I would be too. In other words, let's, let's put it in our language. Let's put it in our language. Paul, you said we was going to miss this. You said we'd be taken out. You said we wasn't appointed under wrath. Why are we in the day of the Lord? And that's what Paul is addressing in the second letter. Now watch, let me show you. Watch. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. He said, listen, let me, let me, I beg you. I promise you the rapture is going to happen. It's the real deal. But watch. That ye be not soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, nor by, come on, nor by letter as from us. In other words, don't think somebody sent you a letter, but it was not from us. As that that day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you. Now he's going to be explaining the Antichrist, this person we're talking about. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come that day of judgment, that day of wrath, except there shall come a falling away first and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. The word perdition means destruction. Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God showing himself that he is God. Look in verse, verse number uh, five. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you I told you these things? And now ye know what withholdeth that he, and word withholdeth means to withhold, that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work, and he who now letteth, letteth means to withstand, to stand against, or hold back, until he be taken out of the way, and then shall that wicked, that's the Antichrist, be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him, now watch this, watch this, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and, and what's that word? Lying wonders. How's he going to operate? With power infused by Satan. But he's going to operate with lies and deception and trickery and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion. What does that mean? God's going to be working too. And for all of those that rejected Christ while they had an opportunity during the age of grace, and they would not be saved, and they would not receive the love of Christ, God's going to send such a lie that they're going to believe the Antichrist. That they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Now let me let me give you three different portions of scripture if you want to write these down. I want you to sh I want to show you how powerful he is in his deception. I'm gonna, I'm going to give you where they are and then I'll read them for you. Okay? 2 Thessalonians 2 8 through 12 which is what we just read. 2 Thessalonians 2 8 through 12. Revelation 13 this is a description of the beast, which is the, the Antichrist. Revelation 13, 2 through 5. And then Matthew 23, 5, 23 and 24. So let me, let me go back through 2 Thessalonians again. Now we're, we're in the, what, what seal are we in? First seal. What color is the horse? White. We said he has a bow, which is very deceptive. He cannot, he cannot, uh, he doesn't have an arrow, so he's not going to conquer by, by violence. He's going to conquer by deception. 
Okay? He's got a crown, but it's a different crown than the one on Christ's head. His crown is a Stephanos crown, which is one that's given. Christ is a diadem crown, which is one that's royal. Okay? He, in other words, what he has is going to be given to him. Are you with me? Say amen. But it's going to be taken through deception, through trickery, through lies. All right? Powerful lies. The Bible says, <clears throat> Then shall that wicked be revealed, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan. Satan is going to give him power, signs, and lying wonders with all deceivableness of unrighteousness. All right? Deceivableness of unrighteousness. Revelation 13, 2. This is his description as John sees him. And the beast which I saw, the beast is who? The, no. The beast is the Antichrist. In this particular chapter, the beast is the Antichrist. The dragon will be Satan. As I read, the dragon will be Satan. I know I'm giving you a lot of stuff. Just follow with me. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon, which is who? Satan. Satan gave him his power and his seat, which is his place of authority, his, jo- his office, if you will, and great authority. And I saw one of the heads as they were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wandered after the beast. And they worshiped the dragon, which gave... Now, now who is the dragon? Now, what has Satan always wanted? Worship. All right, now watch. The dragon which gave power unto the beast, and they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Now, watch this. And there there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue 40 and 2 months. What's the point? His deception... He's going to have a forked tongue that would trick you and me both. Now watch. Matthew 23. Matthew 23. In verse 5. You remember when Jesus is, Jesus is responding to their question. The end times. What's going to take place? Many shall come in my name saying, I am, I am Christ and shall deceive many. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christ, false prophets, and they shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Wow. In other words, if you were on this planet when that took place, he's going to be so good and so powerful and so deceptive we would most likely believe him. He's operating by deception. He's going to come as a political figure. He's going to come as the hero. He's, matter of fact, he's going to come as Israel's hero. Because according to the book of Daniel, he's going to sign a treaty with the nation of Israel. A seven-year treaty. How many of y'all know everybody wants to kill Israel? When we went to Israel, you would not believe the security it took. And when I got there, I understood, not because I felt, I felt completely safe. Matter of fact, I felt safer there than in Birmingham. <clears throat> but I understood. You see walls. Everybody wants to kill them. Everybody wants to destroy them. Everybody wants to take them out. So now, listen, the nations of the world, and, 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 you know, America is really their only friend. And that is starting to get a little shady. And I ain't going to go into all that. That's a whole different deal. But here's the thing. Someone's going to come forward and say, hey, I'm going to protect you. And he's going to seem like the one they've been waiting for all this time. But Jesus is saying, you better not believe it. But he's going to sign a treaty with Israel. He's going to allow them, he's going to allow them, I believe, to, to build a temple and they're going to start, they're going to start their, 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 their sacrifices again as they did in, in Old Testament days. And man, everything's going to seem great. Everything's going to seem wonderful. But this is going to bring us into the second 
into the second seal. So the first seal, if you're taking notes, write this down. In the, in the first seal, we see he's an imitation of deity. He's an imitation of the Revelation 19 white horse rider. His intention is deception. He's coming to deceive. He's going to be given power from Satan to, to cause wonders and lying wonders. He's going to deceive people. Everybody's going to think he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. He is going to be the hero. He is going to finally bring peace to the most, the most turmoil-ridden uh, 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 area of, of the whole world. He's going to bring peace to the Middle East. But then his true colors are going to show. His true colors are going to show. The second seal. Right after the first seal, right after the white horse comes, conquering in the conquer with political power and deception. It says in when he, verse 3, And when he opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red. Now, when you think of the word red, what do you think? Blood. Blood. And power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth. What do we say is the opposite of peace? War from the earth. Now there's a false peace that's going to be given in the first seal. But then it's going to be completely taken away in the second. It says, and there shall be take peace from the earth. And now if you're going to take peace from the earth, then that meant there was some peace in the earth. So he's going to be good. The whole world is going to think he's the greatest thing ever. But look, it says... He'll take peace from the earth and that they should kill one another and there was given unto him a great sword. Now let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back to, to, to Matthew. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 24. It says, and Jesus answered and said, verse 4, and Jesus answered and said unto them, take heed that no man deceive you. How is the white horse rider going to operate with? What did Jesus just say? He's warning them. Watch what he says. For many shall come in my name saying, I am and shall deceive many. That's, he's talking about the Antichrist. All right? Then watch what he says. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of. Now watch. Now watch. Go back up to, go back up to verse 15 of that chapter. 24 verse 15. Let's see what triggers the wars. Let's see what triggers the wars. <clears throat> Verse 15 of chapter 24. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. Whoso readeth, let him understand. It says, Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of the house. Neither let him which is in the field turn back to his clothes. And woe unto him, them that are, suck, are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. See, Sabbath day has to do with Jewish, Jewish terminology, not Christian, not church. He's talking to the Jewish people. In other words, he's saying it's fixing to be bad. You need to flee. You need to run. When you see that take place, the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel. Now, let's see what that is. Daniel 9.9. 9. You can write it down. I'll read it and you can look it up later. Daniel 9.9. 9. And he shall confirm the covenant. That's the treaty. That's the, the Antichrist confirming the treaty with Israel. He shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. Remember, a week represents seven years. Each day represents a year, a week is seven, seven years. So he's going he's gonna to write and he's going to make a seven-year pact, a seven-year treaty, a seven-year covenant with Israel. And in the midst of the week, halfway through it, three and a half years, in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. In other words, they've, they've reinstituted Old Testament sacrifices. In other words, they're worshiping God again. They have a temple, they're in their temple and, it's, and it'd be kind of like this. It's just like the old days. We have a temple. We're, we're sacrificing. We're worshiping our God. And he's going to make it stop. He's going to make it stop. Watch what it says. He shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, 
even unto the consummation, and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. Now watch what it says in 2 Thessalonians 2. 2 Thessalonians describes this time. 2 Thessalonians 2, 3 says, Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. In other words, who he really is. Who he really is is going to be revealed. When is it going to be revealed? Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now watch. What, what, what is this saying? Daniel saying this. Jesus said this. Uh, Paul is saying this in Thessalonians. Israel is going to be in their land. They're going to think they're protected. They're going to think that everything's great. They're going to cry peace and safety. Man, we finally have peace. We finally are safe. We're finally okay. We finally have somebody who understands us and is for us. He, he, we, have a, we have a temple now and we have our worship back again and we're offering it just like the old days, just like the days of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, just like the days of Moses. We are offering unto our God, the one true God. And the Antichrist is going to come into that temple and he's going to stop them from offering their sacrifices. And he's going to sit on a throne that's in that temple and says, now you worship I am God. It's an abomination. And at that point, the nation of Israel is going to know they've been had. And at that point is when Jesus says, you got to run. you got to hope your flight is not in the wind. In other words, you better hope it's in a time where you can travel easy. You need to flee. You need to get out of there. Look what he says. Let me go back. Let me go back. Please tell me I'm going slow enough. When that takes place, verse 15 of Matthew 24. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of... What's he saying? Don't even pack your clothes. Get out of there. Get out of there. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of the house. Neither let him which is in the field turn back to take his clothes. Woe unto them. It's going to be bad. Woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. Pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall be great tribulation, such as not since the beginning of the world, to this time, no shall, nor shall ever shall be. Why? What's going to take place? Wars. Fighting. What he really is, he's a bloodthirsty dictator who wants the worship of man. He wants to be God. He's infused, he's energized. Satan has given him power to do Satan's bidding, by the way. And he's going to turn ruthless. He's going to destroy and he's going to cause bloodshed. Bloodshed like we've never seen. So first I want you to write this down. B, A, we see his description. Red, what do we think of? Blood. You see, the white horse rider is going to say, I'm about peace. I'm about peace. 1 Thessalonians 5, 3 says, For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. We see his description is, is a red horse. We see his destruction He's given a sword. Now keep in mind, when you see that he is given, nothing's happening without God's permission. Let me say that again. Nothing's happening without God's permission. He is, you know, here's, if you could, I, I got a weird way of looking at things, but it's like this. How many of y'all have ever seen a remote control and a car, right? 
Well, what this is, is kind of like is Satan has got the remote control. In the, in the Antichrist, the beast is just doing his bidding. He thinks. But what Satan doesn't understand is there's a bigger remote control. Are y'all with me? Satan thought he was in charge at Calvary. But Paul said, surprise, surprise, surprise. If they had actually known that was part of God's plan, they never would have killed him. So don't let this, listen, God's still in charge. God gives him an ability to cause havoc and war. Jesus told the disciples, you shall hear of wars and rumors of war. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. After the deception of the Antichrist is revealed, instead of peace that he has promised, he brings war and turmoil over the entire earth. Can you imagine the whole world at war? Even in the worst that we've seen, even in the worst wars we've seen, it hadn't been the entire planet, but it will be in this day. Nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom, brother against brother. There'll be civil war, civil riots. There'll be so much chaos on this earth, it will be unimaginable. But then we see a third seal, a third seal. verse 5 and when he had opened the third seal I heard the third beast say come and see and I beheld and lo a black horse and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand and I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say a measure of wheat for a penny and three measures of barley for a penny and see thou hurt not the oil and the wine now here's the deal Write this down. I'm I'm short on time, so I got to just hurry slowly. Uh, I'm trying, guys. I really am. I promise I am. Uh, Write these two things down. I want you to see the famine he represents. This horse represents famine. It represents famine. And then we'll see the future he reveals. What did Jesus say in his commentary? Matthew 24. Nation shall rise against nation. Kingdom against kingdoms. What's he talking about there? Say it again. The wars. Nation against nation. Kingdom against kingdom. That's that's talking about what? War. What comes right after war. And there shall be famines. Famines. Now why why is that a natural response to war? Look what it it says in Joel chapter 3. Joel chapter 3 verse 9. Proclaim ye this among the Gentiles. Prepare the war. Prepare war. Wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. Now watch what they're going to do. Beat your plowshares into... Now, and your pruning hooks into... Let the weak say, I am strong. Now, what does that mean? All of the technology that man puts into farming, all of the power, the money, the resources that man puts into farming is going to be put into weaponry. Because we got to fight a war. Now, what, all, what, 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 has to, what has to man that weaponry? What? The young men that would be out in the field growing your bread. And when you see nothing but constant warfare, nothing but constant battle, nothing but constant fighting, all the ingenuity, all of the intellect, all of the talent and the skills going into fight and to kill and to destroy, guess what's not being done? Ain't no food growing. Because they beat their plows into swords. Does this make sense? And so when you've been spending all that time fighting, you have no time growing, and now we've got a problem. There's a shortage of food. There's a famine. And this famine is going to be severe. Look what it says. 
It says he describes how severe this famine is going to be. Verse 6, And I heard a voice in the midst of the four be saved. A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny. And see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. Now, what does that mean? A man will work a whole day. This is, I'm making a long story short. I can give you the definition of those words, but I don't have time. But here's the point. A man will work a whole day making just enough to feed himself, but then will have to turn around and use that to feed his whole family. That's what it's saying. In other words, it's starvation rations. This world is going to be in trouble. So famine follows the war. And then we see, lastly, quickly, it says in verse number 8, excuse me, verse number 7, and by the way, let me, let me back up. It says, and see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. Now, I've, I've read five different commentaries on that. But I believe, I believe what that's saying is that, listen, the rich are going to be protected in that point. The oil and the wine was only usually the privilege of the, the wealthy. In other words, how many of y'all have seen socialistic countries or communist countries where the poor were starving to death, but the political figures... Anyway, just soak on that a little bit. Look in the next, verse 7. And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse. Now the word pale, the word pale... In this particular verse is, the, is where we get our word chloroform or chlorine, which is that green color. How many of y'all have seen someone right on the verge of death, the color of their skin? That's what it's referencing, that, that green color, that, that, that color of death. It says this, And his name that sat on him was death, and hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth, to kill with sword and with hunger and with death and with the beast of the earth. Now, here's two things. First, his agenda. Write this down. The agenda of this pale horse. Following the wake of the famine comes another horse, still more terrible in its symbolic meaning. It is pale, meaning livid, corpse-like. The rider is called death, the aftermath of war and famine. The fourth living creature is given divine authority to send him forth. Under the three previous seals, a false peace was followed by war and then followed by famine in the earth. There have been furious wars, horrible famines, and death-dealing plagues in the past, but nothing comparable to this event, which is still future. It is, its fury is depicted in its widespread effects, killing one-fourth of the earth's population. This is the result of the foregoing judgments, which God called my, sore, my four sore judgments we find in Ezekiel 14.21. And that is verse 21. It says, For thus saith the Lord God, How much more then shall I send my four sword judgments upon Jerusalem, the sword, the famine, the noisome beast, and the pestilence, which is disease, to cut off from it man and beast. So we see his agenda, death. His associates, write this down. Three, 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 three ways people are going to be killed. War. Wildlife. And weather. War, wildlife, and weather. And, or in other words, natural, natural disasters, natural tragedies. Where do we get this in Matthew 24 in Jesus' commentary? Nation shall rise against nation, that's war. Kingdom against kingdom, that's war. There shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in divers places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. It says the beast of the earth. One commentary said that he believed it, it, it could possibly be rats, you know, spreading disease. Most of you know it's, it's the rats spread the bubonic plague and the black plague and killed countless numbers of people. Uh, whatever, whatever it is, God's going to use the beast of this earth. Imagine this. If you've seen, if you've seen apocalyptic type movies, you, you, you've seen cities that, that don't have any grass. They, they've got pavement and, and they've got buildings and they've got skyscrapers and high rise and all of this. But then when the apocalypse or whatever is taking place in the particular movie you're watching, that after years and years, guess what comes back up? 
the grass. In other words, nature, at the absence of man, always takes back over. And so do the so does the animals, so do the creatures. If man stops taking dominion, the earth takes it back. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So, here's the key that I want you to leave with. Matthew 24, 7 and 8. Actually, if you go to the verse 6, you'll find where he says, Don't be deceived. Many shall come in Christ. He's referencing the Antichrist. For nations shall rise against nation. That's wars. Kingdom against kingdom. Wars. And there shall be famines. That's famines. The black horse. And pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. Now listen. All these, verse 8, all these are the beginning of sorrows. It's just the beginning. Now, what do we need to take from that? Here's what I want you to take from that. If I'm not ready, get ready. You don't have to fear this. You don't have to lose sleep at night. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to worry. Why? You're not appointed to wrath. Because Jesus came to save you. Jesus came to deliver you. And if you will trust Christ as your Savior, if you will repent of your sins and put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, He said He will save you. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. saved. Are y'all with me? Say, what's going to happen? For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be called up together to be with them in the clouds. So, if you're not saved, get saved. If you are saved, go home saying, thank the Lord, I ain't going to be there. And all God's people say it. Let's be dismissed. Lord, thank you for your blessings, your mercy. Thank you for the short time we've had together. I pray that your perfect will be done. Be honored and glorified and magnified. Bless all those, keep them safe on the way home in this weather. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. All right, good night.